I mean, now we, we're in our last week in our series on the power found in the Acts of the Apostles, the power of witnessing, the power of the church, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And today we look at the power of prayer. But I want to start with a question first. I'm going to start with a question. How is your prayer life? Some of you may go, my prayer life is fantastic. It's right on point. Every day I pray, I feel close to God. I want to ask you a second follow-up question. Do you feel that you have power in your prayer? When you pray, do you feel that God's working through you and is a part of you? Do you feel there's power in your prayer? Or do you feel that, you know, when you pray that you don't really have any power, that the prayers are timid? Do you, do you really know, and you don't really know what to pray? Or you don't even feel like that your prayers that you are saying are, are doing anything? See, for many people, when it comes to prayer, they feel that they don't have power. They feel that their prayers don't mean much, that it's just words and it's just going out there and there's not, there, not much there. Their prayers aren't just powerful. See, the thing is, I'm not going to get you to put your hands up to own up to your prayer patterns or anything like that, but some people only pray when they have crises. You know, if you're fitting into that category, you know, you pray when there's only crises, how are you going to have power in your prayers when the only time you do it is when you feel threatened or when you want something because things aren't going right? Maybe you might fit it in a different category. Maybe you might be fitting in the category where uh, you've, been, you've been praying a lot in your life, but at this moment you've, you've got so accustomed to praying that you really don't do much at the moment and you, you might throw out one or two occasionally, but you know, you're not really using it. Or maybe you've been just praying the same thing over and over and over and you just really don't feel like God is answering. See, the thing is, when we pray, there is power in prayer. When we pray and it's a regular part of our life, it's, it's actually ingrained within us, there is power in our prayer. But see, the thing is, like if, you, if you're only praying crisis... You only do it, it's not a part of you. You don't really know, you don't really have that understanding of what that power really is. It'd be like me. You know, Caleb plays the guitar, plays the piano. Uh, what other instruments do you play, Caleb? The clarinet. You know, it'd be, it'd be like me coming up and going, well, I want to play the guitar. Caleb might teach me how to play a chord. And I pick it up and I go, Zoom, and you know, and we won't do it right now. We don't, uh, now. But I'd be like, you know, and you're going, well, uh, that's my prayer. I can play one chord, I've been taught that, that's it. But doesn't a song make that, you know, when, when you've got that? You, that's not music, that's not how it is. We, we, you know, and or I may have, you know, I may have learnt how to, well, may have learnt how to, let's just do a different example take photos and I've got quite good at it but 
I haven't practiced taking photos and you're wondering why they're no good because you haven't been using it. Prayer is like a skill. Prayer is something that unless you actually are using it and doing it right and always practicing, putting it into practice, praying to God, having that communication, you lose that skill of how to talk to God in effective ways. See, prayer needs to be a regular part of our life. We pray, we give thanks to God for the provisions that are within our lives. We pray for the good and we pray when things are challenging. We pray for the will of God to be in our lives and we pray for the other people who we know within our lives. We pray for God's will on their lives as well. When we have a constant prayer life, then we'll actually feel that our prayers are more powerful because there is power in prayer. But let's look at, let's actually, we've been looking at the power that is found through the Acts of the Apostles, and we're going to go into Acts chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 23 to 31. Uh, we'll put it up on the screen for you. Now, just to set the scene of this passage, where this comes from, um, Peter and John have been arrested uh, by the re- ruling authorities, and religious authorities and they've been questioned and they've been put on trial and they've been told they're not allowed to go and preach about Jesus Christ. Don't come back into the temple, don't come back in here and preach about Jesus Christ. And then they let go. And this is where we pick it up in Acts chapter 4 verses 23 to 31. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voice together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in the very city. For Herod Antipas and Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord... Hear their threats and give your servants great boldness in preaching a word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. What a powerful prayer. If we look at that, what a powerful prayer. And what I want to do is actually explore four aspects of that prayer that the believers prayed that will help us understand how we get, how we have power in our prayer. And the first of these things is this, that there is unity in prayer You will have power in prayer when you come together 
to pray as believers. It's good to pray individually. It's, uh, let me say, it's really important to pray individually and have your own individual prayer life. But when we pray together in prayer, there is power. When, the, when our voices unite in prayer, asking for God's provision in our lives, for God's will to be made known, then there is power in that. But they, you know, here's what the believers did. They heard the report of the imprisonment. They heard the report of, of them being told not to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And what did they do? The first thing they did is they prayed together. They came together and they prayed about it. They didn't complain. They didn't think this was impossible and give up. No, they prayed. And they did more than that. They prayed together. Because there's, there's, there's power when we actually come together in prayer. See, each of us should have our own individual prayer lives, but we also should have a life of prayer as a church when we actually come together and pray. When we come together and seek the will of God for the church, the direction of where we're going, we seek the will of God for individual lives within our community. We seek direction from God through communal prayer when we come together and be united in prayer so this that's the first thing the believers came together they were united in prayer secondly their prayers were actually god-centered their prayers were god-centered let me let me just tell you about that their prayers when we read it They didn't focus on their problem when they started to pray. Rather, they prayed for the power of God. They they actually prayed saying that God was a God of creation. They prayed and ascribed for God's greatness in this first instance. You're a great God. You're a God that was right there at the beginning of time, of all creation. It was was God-focused. It was God-centered, their prayers. They, They didn't focus on their needs. They focused on the character of God. They started with God and then they moved on to personal issues. But they started with God and focused on God. Now, if we actually uh, have a look at all of the great prayers within uh, the Bible, you'll actually find that the prayers start with God. They don't start with our needs. They start with God and who God is. To illustrate this, I I want us to go into one of the great prayers, um, and it's from Matthew 6, and we're going to read from verse 7 through to 13, and here it is. And when you pray, this is Jesus speaking, don't babble on and on as people of other religious religions do. They think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Um, Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is heaven. Notice the language here. What is it? It's God-centered. It's about God. It's not about the individuals. It's about God. And then what? the prayer moves on. 
So about God, about God's kingdom, about God's kingdom coming, and then it says, give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we can forgive those who sin against us. And don't lead us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So the, the, this is a prayer, this is a powerful prayer. You know, all around the world, people pray this prayer time and time again. It focuses their lives. And what does it do? It places God first in the prayer. It is God-centred. Even when there's a supplications for our daily need, it is God-centred. When it asks for forgiveness, it's not about us, it's about God forgiving us. It is God-centred. And when our prayers become centred around who God is, about God's character, about what God has done for us, then our prayers will have power. So, we've got unity in prayer, we've got prayers that are God-centred. Then we have, if we look through what the believers did, as we find in Acts... Their prayer was based in the Bible. Their prayer was based in the Bible. Psalm 119 verse 11 says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So in other words, the the word of God has just been placed in us and, and because the word of God found in the Bible has been placed in us, we bring that back out in prayer. We understand what God has been doing and we bring that back out in prayer. You know, um, what happens in Acts chapter 4 is that they quote the word of God as they pray. They're actually quoting from Psalm 2 when they pray. It's a prophecy made hundreds of years ago before Jesus Christ. And it tells how the kings of the earth would conspire against Jesus, against the Messiah. But in the midst of that, God is in control. And so they pray that prayer. They pray that passage from Psalm 2 in their prayers. They remember what, what has been written in, in the Bible and they bring that up in prayer. So it's not just words babbled, it's, it's words from Scripture brought back out. And then they pray the interpretation. And then they pray that just as it's been predicted, and they pray that God's will has been done even though it's been predetermined, God is doing this. And then verse 29 and 30 in Acts 4, it says this, And now, O Lord, hear their threats. Give us your servant, give us your servant, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So this is when they come and they ask. That's, that's the, bring it back to their situation. So they have prayed in unity. They've prayed that it's been God-focused. They've prayed based out of the Bible and bring it out of the Bible. They're asking for what God will do in their lives. They're not saying, God, do this. They're asking for your boldness to do it. And what are they asking for? Asking for what has been predicted, what has been offered by Jesus Christ before he left. He said that, may the power of the Holy Spirit be upon you to be my witnesses. 
to go out and preach the good news. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And so that's what they're asking for. And it's all been based in the Bible. The prayers have been coming from the Bible. And the fourth thing, so we've got unity in prayer, we've got prayers that are God-centred, we have prayers that are based in the Bible, and then the prayers which are unselfish. And, And when we pray this way, we will actually have power within our prayer. Our prayers will have that real deep centeredness that will allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work through us in the prayers that we have. See, in verse uh, 29, it says this. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. So that's what they're, they're asking for. They're not being selfish. They're not going, oh, oh, Lord, give me what I want. O Lord, fulfill your promise. Hear the threats that are happening and fulfill your promise that there will be great boldness in our words. They didn't pray in this case and remember what had happened. There had been threats to them. They been told not to go and speak. They didn't pray, oh Lord, have deliverance. They asked for God to come and give us boldness in the midst of this. They didn't ask God to crush the heads of their enemies. They didn't say, we want them gone. They just asked for boldness to preach the good news. They didn't want to call down fire on the council of the church. They, they didn't even ask for protection. It wasn't self-centered. They wanted boldness to fulfill God's plan for their lives, for the whole of the world. They prayed that they would still be able to do what God has called them to do in spite of all that's going on. And what happened? The power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and shook the place and then they boldly preached the good news of Jesus. What a powerful, powerful prayer they prayed. Phillips Brooks, in in 1886, this is not new, 1886 said this, don't pray for an easy life, but pray that God will make you stronger. Don't pray for tasks equal to your power, but pray for power equal to your tasks. That's an amazing attitude to come into prayer, isn't it? And if we, if we, if we bring those four aspects, when we ask with power that God will make you stronger in the midst of all that's going on, when you ask that God will give you power to meet the tasks that are in front of us, and we do it in unity, we do it as God-centered, we pray it within the Bible, and we pray that we are unselfish when we're doing this, God will be there. Amazing things will happen. So, when I ask you the question, how is your prayer life? Is your prayer life full of power? Or are you timid? What attitude are you bringing to prayer? I just want us to pray right now. I want us to pause, focus ourselves, and come together. So as I pray, I encourage you to pray as well. I'm going to leave a space 
in the midst of the words that I'm going to say so that you can bring your own words in there. If you feel bold enough, if you feel you know, encouraged right in this moment, then call out your prayer. Pray it aloud. If God is encouraging to do that. If there's a word that God wants to bring into this midst, then bring it out in prayer there. If that's a little too much for you and you need to pray it quietly, just pray it quietly to yourself. But feel bold in what God is calling you to do. So let's just pray. Oh Lord God, you are the creator of all things. Oh Lord God, you are the sustainer of all things. We ask, Lord, that we may have, as you have promised, your church, your disciples. We pray the power of the Holy Spirit that it may come upon us in great boldness, that we may be witnesses to the ends of the earth, that we may preach the good news of Jesus Christ, that lives may be changed. O Lord, as we face challenges within our lives, within the life of this church, within the life of the church in Australia and around the world. We ask that your will be done. We ask that you will raise up men and women to be bold, to be courageous, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray that the word of God may be made known across all of the world. Oh Lord, we ask this in your name. And as we, as a community, come together, let our prayers be heard. So let us join together as we pray. Pray as one voice. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.